Hey Jingles, I got a question for you. If you could pitch, if you had an audience with James Gunn and Peter Safran, and they're like, hey Jingles, we need you to pitch us an idea for a DC uh, either live action movie or an animated series. Um, what would be that series that you'd want to pitch to them? Well, that's a it's a very interesting question. Um, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of DC properties. Um, there's, you know, there, there's like the main three, which they seem to be putting work into already. So like my, my favorite DC people are just Batman and the bat family in general. Uh, so I guess I would I would like to see like a Batman Incorporated kind of thing going on and like getting to focus on more of the Bat family. Uh, I know that they announced some other stuff, which uh, I think that they would what uh, we're going to go over that here today. Um, also, just wanted to point out that I was I've been a little under the weather this weekend, so. I might sniffle and I might sneeze, but just so that everybody knows as they're listening. Okay. All right. And um, and, and Smider yeah. is on assignment today. Smider has uh, Smider has uh, graciously began his uh, pilgrimage to DC Central, where he'll sit down and break down how he feels like he needs to express some things to uh, the the guys at DC. Uh, you with these projects, especially as it relates to the animated projects, because you know I know the Smider Bro, the, the Smider Bros. Yes, I said Smider Bros. The Rascal Brothers are, are big into the animated stuff, so you know he's making his demands very clear to the group um, of what uh, they hope to see in the animated sphere. And so, um, to answer the question for myself, I would love to see an icon uh, movie first movie and then let's go through an animated thing where we really establish more of icon as this intergalactic lawyer but also being on earth and helping rocket and you know where they could expand on a lot of stories that had been in the comics because i don't feel like you need to expand on that in live action i feel like you do a better job of that if you do it animated so of course, you know, with the way they've uh, set the thing up, uh, one of the things they've talked about is the fact that they want to try to keep it uh, together unilaterally between the projects. So with the if they, if they do an animated project, they want to basically have the same people involved in the animated project as the live action. So that's just something that they've kind of established with these. So let's talk today, by the way, if you hadn't figured that out already by the title of the show, uh, you are listening to Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. My name is Will, and I have the honor and privilege of having uh, Jingles Roscoe on, and uh, us talking about uh, the, 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 big, um, the big announcement done by the, the gunman, as well as Peter Safran, but, uh, James Gunn was primary the person that was on the announcement. Literally waited till the last day of January to make the announcement. I mean, he he definitely pulled hard to the end of the month. Uh, he said he was going to do it in January, and he definitely technically did do it in January. He just waited till the last day of January to do it. Um, so he announced the first chapter of this new DCU uh, entitled uh, God, Chapter One: Gods and Monsters, and he was 
you know, he, he, he expressed about these different projects that they're wanting to do, most of them coming out in either 2024 or 2025. Uh, he did kind of touch a little bit about the other projects coming out this year as well. So we're going to kind of go over each project, and then we'll talk about each project if we go over it. So the first project that they announced for this in order here was Creature Commandos. It's a seven-episode animated series written by Gunn that is already in production. Um, originally a team of classic monsters assembled to fight Nazis. This is a modern take on the concept. The voice actors have yet to be cast, but the executives are looking to find people who can voice the animated characters and also portray them in live-action versions when the anti-heroes show up in movies and series. So, uh, have you ever heard of the Creature Commandos, by any chance, Jingles? I have not. Okay. I, in, in those lovely bags that my dad and my uncle had of comic books, I remember... Every now and then, because Creature Commandos had a whole lot of solo books. Uh, I think in the New 52, they got a short-lived series that's been traded because I saw a thing DC posted up on the works that a lot of these are based on. I guess this is their way of trying to promote getting the books before the movies come out. Um, and so if I see that list again, I'll shoot it to you so you can see it as well if you're interested in it. But anyway, so basically, yeah, if you can imagine... Uh, I know the main leader of this team is going to be Rick Flagg Sr., who we've not seen on anything yet. Of course, this is Rick Flagg's dad. Because of course, that's Rick Flagg in the, in the Suicide Squad. And, well, just, okay, so this movie just called Suicide Squad, as well as The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn. Uh, Rick Flagg, of course, is the main character, but he's considered Rick Flagg Jr., and so this is introducing Rick Flagg Sr. leading this team of an alien. I, and I don't remember all the characters. I know one of them is Mr. Dr. Negative. There's uh, Frankenstein. There's, I think it's Jonathan Frankenstein. There's the Bride of Frankenstein. There's the Wolfman. And then in this version, they also have the Weasel from the Suicide Squad. Uh, that it will be attached to this team. And apparently, according to the video announcement, this will be a team that is ultimately led by Amanda Waller. So, and of course, that means Viola Davis will be doing voice acting for that role. So, uh, basically, imagine the Universal Monsters, but given, but created as soldiers instead. And, you know, so, so that's kind of the idea, if you will. So, I know you said you hadn't heard of it. You got any thoughts on it, just out of curiosity? <laughs> nope, not really. Uh, I've just, I've been seeing some clips of some... Uh, more prolific comic fans talking about it and uh, kind of breaking it down. Uh, but, like, I don't know. Well, we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, of course, as they said, you know, they haven't gotten voice actors yet, but the main thing they're working on is the fact they're trying to find people who could not only do the voice acting, but also come in and act as roles. And while I understand you can do that, I feel like you got to be real careful, especially if Viola Davis becomes the linchpin in all these projects, because it kind of feels like that's where they're going, uh, is that she's somehow tied to a lot of this. And so Viola Davis is acting outside of these movies. And so I'm just, just you know, you got to be careful not to burn somebody out on this stuff. But also you got to be careful not to be in a situation where you can't get her to come in for, you know, a voice acting thing for how many ever days it takes if she's actively involved in another couple of movies down the road. 
So that's just my thought on it. Uh, I don't know how to feel about the Creature Commandos. I mean, I may go get the trade just to see what they've done with them. But I haven't really, like I said, I haven't really, I don't remember much from them since the 80s, really. So I can't comment mm -hmm. on the characters themselves. I mean, um, yeah. So that, that's that on there. And then if you'd like to go over the next series that's coming out. All righty. The next series that they announced is a show called Waller. It's a spinoff of Gunn's own HBO Max hit series, Peacemaker. So it's going to take off after Peacemaker. Viola Davis will return as the ruthless and morally ambiguous head of a government task force. Uh, this is being written by Crystal Henry, who did Watchmen, and uh, Jeremy Carver, the creator of the Doom Patrol TV series. And first of all, my thoughts on that is, you know, okay, so Doom Patrol, if if, if they take, they, I mean, because it's going to be, yeah, basically, John Cena is going to be tied up for a while, so they're not going to be able to do the season two uh, Peacemaker. But then also, since James Gunn has come into this whole role, he's not really ready to be able to write uh, Peacemaker season two. And so they're kind of taking this and going, okay, so this is like Peacemaker 1.5, if you will, because it's going to be Amanda Waller and the team, team they call it Team Peacemaker, which is basically the people that are other than Peacemaker. So um, we'll see how that kind of plays. Uh, again, you know, of course, Viola Davis will be back in it, and then they're going to go. I'm curious, because I saw the first season of Doom Patrol, and Doom Patrol, the show itself, was just out there. And Peacemaker kind of went some places that you didn't expect. So I'm kind of wondering how much more crazy they're going to get with that show. You know, because I could see, like, how maybe they do this show, and, like, Waller is kind of not for sure what to do now, because this is getting out of her normal lands of control and calm. So I guess we'll find that out. What are your thoughts on the, the Waller show? Well, I mentioned before, I'm not a big fan of the character of Amanda Waller. Um, she's just somebody that's like necessary in the DC universe, but one that I'm just like, well, I just, I don't like her. Uh, she's not a good person and doesn't value human life uh, to the point where if you're a criminal, then you're expendable and I won't hesitate to blow your head up if you don't do what I say, you, you then turn people into tools, which is something that I'm not fond of. Uh, and I know you're a big fan of Viola Davis. Uh, and I think Viola Davis as an actor is very good. Uh, I know she was doing that other movie uh, that's going in the rounds right now. Uh, the Warrior Queen or the Warrior King. Uh, the the Warrior, Warrior Queen, I think. Yeah. And uh, that seems more interesting to me. Uh, people are saying a lot of really a, a lot of praise for that. Uh, that's something that I'll probably check out. So as far as like the actress Viola Davis goes, um, I think she's very talented and very interesting. But I don't like Amanda Waller because she's not a good person. Um, maybe they'll do something different for the, the show. Um, she was more ruthless and I think more terrible in, uh, the first Suicide Squad movie. And then in the Suicide Squad, it seems like her whole task force has been downgraded significantly and she doesn't have as much, um, resources as she did before. Um, so it seems like she might have, uh, 
there might have been consequences to her actions from before, which I think would be more interesting rather than some power hungry person that wants to uh uh what's the word uh micromanage everything about these super powered criminals mm -hmm. and make them do what she wants to make them do yeah so, and another thing about it did um, you see the end of peacemaker yeah I okay the whole so thing. yeah so at the end of peacemaker it gets worse because her daughter basically outs the whole task force x dot concept to the world so i mean i'm sure there's gonna be a fallout from that I mean, but we saw uh, Black Adam, and she's still apparently doing fine. So yeah. I guess that didn't work out or yeah. something. Maybe we we don't know. Like uh, that that's another whole thing about the timelines of things. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's another thing. And, and Batman knew about Task Force X also, and he didn't do anything about it. Yeah. So yep. I don't know. Yep. But, but I think that's also part because um, the the DCEU was not very coherently put together. It was kind of put together with duct tape and dreams. So, A lot more dreams than duct tape. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, but now that James Gunn and Peter Safran are, are going to be focusing on this new DCU... Um, Maybe perhaps it'll make more sense and it'll look better and uh, there'll be more lasting consequences. Let us let us hope. Let us hope. So then we've got Superman Legacy, the movie featuring the Man of Steel that Gunn is writing and may direct, although no commitments on that end have been made. While the two previous titles were meant to be uh, apparifst, in Safran's words, Superman is the true kickoff to the for the duo's DCU plans. It's not an origin story, Safran says. It focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. He is the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way, which I find that interesting because they've changed that in the comics. So I'm glad they went back to it. Uh, he is kindness in a world that thinks that kindness is old-fashioned. A release date of July 11th, 2025 has been penciled in. Okay. So Smider's birthday. So, you know. Here's hope that maybe 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 the Roscoe Bros will be at the movie theater on that day and they can they can walk in and we think we can play them Edge's theme song as they walk in, like, Oh this day I see clearly and they get the smoke and the intro and everything and people applaud them. They go and get their popcorn and they've got a twenty minute standing ovation as they go to sit down and watch the movie. Uh, I don't think our tiny movie theater would appreciate us doing that, but we could probably do it and then get kicked out. That'd be fun. Uh, so what are your thoughts on a new Superman movie that obviously does not have Henry Cavill uh, involved in it? Uh, honestly, I, I've said before, like they're, they're going to be fine without Henry Cavill. Um, and I think Henry Cavill is going to be fine without DC um it's from what it's written here and what peter safran was saying is that they're really trying to make him that good guy that we've gotten used to and not be so close to that Zack snyder rendition of superman mm -hmm. that it's clear Zack snyder doesn't even like superman and so he created a superman that made sense to him which makes sense to him but doesn't make sense to the rest of us um 
and Zack Snyder having control over everything really kind of bogged me down as far as the DCEU went and was a big issue with me. Uh, but from what, and this is all just what they've told us so far. Mm. And from what they've told us so far, that sounds more like what I would want from a Superman movie. So that's cool. Um, and I'm waiting to see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that works. I mean, of course, again, you know, you're in a thing where you've got a factor Who's going to be in the movie? Who's going to be cast? Uh, and how are you going to play it? Because, I mean, yeah, we may not be getting an origin story, but I hope at some point, uh, even though he's trying to balance the Kryptonian ideas with his human ideas, I hope we get some stuff at the Daily Planet. I hope we get Jimmy. I hope we get Lois. You know, and the artwork that they showed for this stuff was based off the All-Star Superman arc. And if they go off of that arc, it's going to be really interesting because All-Star Superman really felt like an episodic thing where he was basically trying to... He had a, he had a short limit of time to live because he was exposed to so much of the Earth's Yellow Sun. Basically, he got cancer that, you know, was only affiliated with him being Kryptonian. And so it's like, you know, how do you... You know, what do you do when you, you know, when you don't have a whole lot of time left or something? Like, he revealed himself to Lois and... He gave her his power for a little while, about 24 hours, I think. And um, so, yeah, it's just interesting, you know, how that how that'll work. So, I mean, could they do really well with it? I hope so. You know, but I do think it's interesting that the mm -hmm. thing that they kick out, end it with was he is kindness in a world that thinks kindness is old fashioned. You know, and so I'm really wondering if maybe we get a little we get some flashbacks of him learning that kindness is a virtue uh, from Pa and Ma Kent, you know, as as Clark Kent's a young boy growing up, and we see these flashbacks and get to really kind of see how he learned those things. And then what he chooses to do in spite of it, you know, in spite of what the world around him is like. But Peter Safran said it's not an origin but story. It's not have to be an origin story for flashbacks. I mean, if the, if the kennel point of it is he is nicest in a world that thinks nicest is old-fashioned, you still need to see how he learned about niceness. Do, do we? Can't we just assume he knew? He, he's, he learned from his parents? Mm. Do we have to see it? I would like to. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Yes. I would like to see it. Do we need to mm -hmm. see it? No, but I would like to see it. You know. I, that's all I'm saying. Like show Showing me is better than telling me. Like, if he just has a throwaway line where he says, well, back when I, when I grew up, you know, niceness wasn't seen as a weakness or whatever, you know, and then he does something nice, and I don't know. I just don't want it to be the situation where you're constantly being, you're constantly being told he's nice. So, maybe yeah. that's, that's where I'm at. So, anyway, uh, unless we got something else to say, I mean, you can go ahead and talk about the next project. Nope, I'll go ahead and move on. The next project is called Lanterns. Uh, Greg Berlanti's long in the works Green Lanterns TV series has been scrapped. And Gunn and Saffron have parted ways with the longtime DC series Stewart. In its place will be a new take on the space cops with power rings. Our vision for this very is very much in the vein of true detective saffron described it's terrestrial base 
It will feature prominent Lantern heroes Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart and is one of the most uh, important shows that they have in development. This plays a really big role in leading into the main story we are telling across film and TV. If it doesn't lead to Dark Side, I'm done. <laughs> Why does it have to lead to Dark Side? Why can't it be uh, Sinestro or Atrocitus? It could be, but it needs to. I mean, if it's a. If, okay. Here's the thing about that. What Green Lantern story, other than maybe Blackest Night, has affected the whole DCU that involves the Lanterns? Uh, that's an excellent question. I can't say I would know too much. Well, uh, there was a time when uh, 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 Hal Jordan was infected by Parallax. Was it Parallax? So, yeah, yeah, and, that would be. And then ended up killing a bunch of people. That Parallax could be a thing. That was kind of an important thing that happened with yeah, Hal Jordan. But of course, you have to have Doomsday before you do that because Doomsday destroying Coast City was part of what tricked that off. Uh, you don't have to do that. You can change things, which it's clear that that's I what mean, they're doing. I mean, you could. You could. You're absolutely right. I mean, you could totally <laughs> do that. You could just be like, well, Parallax, you know, just comes out of nowhere. And it's just like, you know, and all of a sudden, like an RKO, all of a sudden, Hal Jordan is sitting there and he just he has a. You know, dark green and yellow armor. All of a sudden, he just becomes the bad guy, and now it's him and John Stewart at each other's throats or whatever. I don't know. Could be interesting if they do it that way. If, if that's yeah. the plan, I mean, we have no idea what it is that they're this trying to true. build up towards. I think it's interesting that they're going on a true detective route with it. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, of course, we don't mm -hmm. know what the case is. Even we just know, like they said, it's a it's a terrestrial based situation. So whatever that means, we'll yep. find out. Uh, that's the only thing I don't like about this is I that think because it means... you're, you're talking about something that's at least two years out for a lot of this. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but we'll see. I mean, I love Jon Stewart. I love Hal Jordan. I mean, them together, not a bad thing. So. I, I love Jon Stewart. I can take or leave Hal Jordan. <laughs> well, Jon John Stewart, John Stewart <laughs> I didn't know Jon Stewart was a thing. Until I was graduating high school. And that was before, like, Justice League hit. So, like, when I learned about Jon Stewart, mm -hmm. I was playing catch-up for a while, trying to figure out who Jon Stewart was. I was like, wait, that was a Black Lantern? What? How did I not know about this? And so then it was me. No, there, there's a Black Green Lantern. Up until this point, there wasn't a Black Lantern. <laughs> All right, so Black Green Lantern. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Not Black Lantern. Yeah, as we told you. That was later. <laughs> that was a little bit later. A lot later. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be a TV show. So I see a lot of these projects. They're definitely splitting the time between movies and TV. So it's going to be really interesting how it plays. Because uh, I'm hoping that if they're doing this well, they're just going to cause people to want to go to HBO Max and get these subscriptions and everything because mm -hmm. that's going to be interesting to play because if they're if it's not increasing those subscriptions that's going to be an interesting tale to tell um so any other thoughts on the lanterns uh yeah i i'm just i'm excited to to think of it as more of like a detective thing going on uh it's like a buddy cop thing it's a i, I kind of like the idea of like Riggs and murtaugh with 
power rings and going around and solving crimes, but space-based crimes. Oh, but yeah. that, as it said, this is terrestrial-based, so it it's going to be more focused on Earth rather than all, all the like the vast. Uh, the the vast universe that all the different lanterns kind of uh, keep an eye on, um, because I I think with especially the stories that are fairly more recent when it comes to the Green Lanterns is, uh, I think they've kind of forgot that like Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner, like and and others like they're the Green Lanterns of earth's sector specifically but then they go off and and do more stuff like in other sectors in space uh and so uh, like i i want them to to focus more on like yeah earth that's our job is earth so mm-hmm. uh that's what i'm looking forward to yeah i'm just waiting on the guy gardner appearance where guy gardner shows up and they immediately tell him to leave Mm-hmm. You know, he's just like, but come on, guys, they sent me to help you. No, nah, we're good. We can we can figure it out. We're fine. Mm-hmm. Go mess with Batman. I'm sure he'd love to see you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, and I mean, it would be nice to see other lanterns, but again, you've got a lot of lanterns that are Earth-based lanterns. So, which begs yep. the question, is Earth that much more dangerous than most of the other sectors? Most of the sectors have one, maybe two lanterns at best. Right. Earth has a well, ton. Well, look at how many villains are on Earth. Yeah, but there's like a whole Justice League. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> the Justice League isn't under the authority of the Green Lantern that, anymore. That's true. That's true. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. It's like it's like saying, uh, why, why is there so much crime in New York when L.A. has so many cops? It's like, well, yeah, they're not under that jurisdiction. Okay. Okay. That, that's hey. fair. All right. So we're going to go yeah. from there to The Authority, a uh, movie based on a team of superheroes with rather extreme methods of protecting the planet that first originated in the late 90s under an influential imprint known as Wildstorm, created by, ran by artist and now head of DC publishing, Jim Lee. One of the things... Never of, heard of him. Never heard of Jim Lee. Okay, I'll educate you in a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things with DC is that it's not just a story of heroes and villains, said Gunn. Not every film and TV show is going to be about good guy versus bad guy. Giant things from the sky come and good guy good guy wins. There are white hats, black hats, and gray hats, added Saffron. They, they are kind of like Jack Nicholson and A Few Good Men. They know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. So it's like, okay, so a little amorality, but also one of the first, uh, if I remember correctly, one of the first DC representations of a superhero team where two of your biggest hitters and Apollo and Midnighter are a gay couple, and they get married in the comics, so... An interesting twist on that, and of course, you got people like Jenny Sparks, you got the engineer. Uh, I've read a little bit of the authority, and then also it didn't help hurt that they've been a lot of them have been hero clicks, and so I got to learn a little bit about them through that. <laughs> so, you know, Jenny Sparks and engineer for a while were pretty meta pieces because with engineer, you can do power checks, and 
she could get she could get powers basically each turn that you could just choose. So well, there you go, comic creators. If you want Will to get a- interested in your characters <laughs> at all, click them. <laughs> That's how it's done. Yeah, <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> I can't say that I've read a whole lot of the authority really outside of that. I mean, I know who they are. Of course, back in the day when Wizard was all over the place, they were all over it for a while. So, I mean, I know of them. I don't know very much about them. I do know that there was a, back in the New 52, they did a Superman in the Authority comic. But there again, I didn't Mm -hmm. really read that either. So, but I know of them. But that's really all I can express on it. Do you 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 have anything you want to express? Other than the fact that you actually know a lot about who Jim Lee is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a lie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for being dishonest. In the, the case podcast. of you not knowing anything about Jim Lee, that was found to be untrue. <laughs> that was uh, fact-checked, and uh, that was untrue. <laughs> Jingles was like, I got the uh, boxes of the first like 24 episodes of the X-Men comics from the 90s. I'll have you know. <laughs> oh, man. I would be red. I, w- I would like to collect some of those just for to study the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I, I have uh, a, a Jim Lee art book, The Icons. I don't know if you've seen that book i've seen it yes uh, i have a copy of it i really need to like pull it out and start going through it yeah because uh i want to i want to study his art and learn from that uh because i want to i want to learn from different professionals that i respect and, and study more and try and get better if you want to do some jim, really interesting study on jim lee as well dc put out the um the what they call the noir series of books and one of the ones mm-hmm. they put out was the hush batman noir hush and mm-hmm. it's all of jim lee and scott williams inking and pen, inking and stuff work just in black and mm-hmm. white no no color cool so just another thing to add to your list of books that will help you on your jim lee art hunt thing yes i will consider it or you can send it to me for my birthday well we can um. work something out for that <laughs> I just got to remember, so, I got to be honest and say, I got to remember when your birthday is. I have to make sure to get in the calendar. It's in July. Uh, so about the authority, um, I don't, I, I've never read any Wildstorm comics. Uh, if you were to ask like Dino, I think Dino would give you like more uh, info on that because Dino was really like super into like early image and then also like Wildstorm and all that. Um and so he was like Jim Lee was definitely one of his favorite mm-hmm. artists. Uh, so uh, that kind of love kind of trickled down to me. Yeah, you see, it all trickles down. And it's like poetry. Uh, rhymes. There you go. It's <laughs> yes. Um, so I don't know anything about the authority. I've seen some stuff here and there, but I didn't really read up on them. Uh, I don't know if they're the kind of group that I would be into. Uh, but I think with this slate of projects that are being posted, uh, I think, uh, I'm contractually obligated to check them out because I'm on this podcast. So, uh, I think, uh, that's something I'm going to see, but I don't know if I'm going to have much love for it because from that description, I'm all like, Hmm, that doesn't sound like a group of people that I would be too terribly interested in, but I'll check it out. There you go. There you go. There you go. So, so let you talk about the next one. Yes, sir. The next one is called Paradise Lost. 
No, not like that one old story. Not this the one is by Milton. Paradise. <laughs> yeah, not the Milton thing. This is Paradise Island Lost, essentially. The duo described this HBO Max series as a Game of Game of Thrones style drama set on the all-female island that is Wonder Woman's birthplace, Themyscira, filled with political intrigue and scheming between power players. It takes place before the events of the Wonder Woman films. Which is really interesting for two reasons. One, because I'm actually looking at DC Comics. DC put out a thing for the trades, like I said earlier. And this is the description of Wonder Woman Paradise Lost. <laughs> uh, Batman's home, Gotham City, is being transformed into a land resembling ancient Greece, loaded over by evil gods. And once, once the gods of war, discord, fear, and terror combine their essence with those of the Joker, Scarecrow, and Poison Ivy, Batman finds himself in need of help from Wonder Woman. But when the gods decide to merge with Batman as well, the Amazon princess finds that even the aid of Gotham's other protectors, Nightwing and Robin, as well as her own protege Wonder Girl, may not be enough to stop this evil reign. And I'm like, now that would be a cool concept for a show. <laughs> I don't know that I want to see Game of Thrones on Stemascara before Wonder Woman. Just being mm -hmm. honest. But, you know, there again, you know, everything's not going to speak to me, and I get it. I'm still going to want to watch it just to see what they do. But I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm excited about that one. Mm -hmm. now, if they were doing what I just read about, then I'd be I'd be like, yes, bring me one. To, bring me Batman possessed by God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to one for one uh, do that. Nope particular storyline nope, not at all nope just like the next one coming up but anyway yeah that, that's my that's my two second thought on the paradise lost thing yep any thoughts uh, I, I don't have a lot of strong feelings uh i've been told that the paradise island lost story is like pretty good um i've been watching some people kind of talk about it in, in response to this announcement uh and you know, I, I, I'm willing to, to check it out, but uh, I'm not a big fan of Game of Thrones because it makes me sad. So, like, I don't I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, but I like Wonder Woman. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So the Brave and the Bold. No, not to be confused with the cartoon by the same name or the comic by the same name. Uh, this is the introduction of the DCU Batman, said Gunn of Bruce Wayne, and also introduces our favorite Robin, Damian Wayne, who is a little son of a bitch. <laughs> the movie will take inspiration from the now classic Batman run written by Grant Morrison that introduced Batman to a son he never knew existed, a murderous tween raised by assassins. It's a very strange father and son story. Sounds like it. I'm like, yep. And uh, I hope that we get the Bat family surrounding him. I hope it's just not primarily Talia for a few seconds, Damien and Batman. I hope we get Nightwing being involved. I hope we get Alfred being involved. I hope we get, you know, Red Robin and others involved. Maybe, yes, maybe Jason Todd, too, even though Jason Todd's not the best uh, cutting in them to hang out with. You know, he, he might well, give, you know, Damon some bad ideas. <laughs> well, you see, Will, 
uh, I, I just want to say, like, let, let's let's take it one step at a time. Let's not inundate the general public with the entire bad family right away. I think we've got to take it a couple steps at a time. I imagine that if this is successful, which I believe it would be, uh, then I would say, okay, let, let's start introducing some of the other Bat Family to the general public. Because don't forget, these movies aren't just hyper nerds like us watching them who would love that for sure. This is for the general public to be introduced right. to these characters as I well. I got you. I understand. I can, I can dream, but I understand. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to uh, say about it? Not really, no. I mean, just, you know, I'll be interested to see how they do the Damon Wayne thing, and that's going to be interesting. Uh, and then also, mm-hmm. and they did want to put in there, it will feature a Batman not played by Robert Pattinson. However, there's also, because I feel like this is kind of linked to it, so that's why I'm going to go into it. Um, there's also the Batman sequel. Patterson will continue to portray the Dark Knight at least one more crime saga movie directed by Matt Reeves. That movie, the executives revealed, will be released on October 3rd, 2025, and it is titled The Batman Part 2. So, mm-hmm. are you excited to see Pattinson back for at least one more role in the angriest Batmobile ever? Oh, man, that Batmobile is so angry. So angry, so angry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I was surprised that I ended up really enjoying uh, the Batman. Uh, I thought uh, I thought for sure, and I mentioned this. I thought for sure I wasn't gonna like it. I thought it was gonna be too dark, too drab, too like mean for a Batman story. Uh, but uh, yeah, it ended up being something that I actually really enjoyed and and uh, had a good time. And not because, and I mentioned before, not because. Robert Pattinson was going to be Batman in it uh, because I figured, oh, he'll probably do a good job. But like all the trailers made it seem like it was going to be like really, really violent and like R rated and like will make me feel bad for watching it. Mm -hmm. But it ended up being okay. It was still like gritty, but it was like PG-13 gritty. So Mm -hmm. I was fine with it. Yeah. Um, And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know. Uh, what they're gonna have? Hopefully, not that like gross-looking Joker they had at the end of uh, the first movie. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll focus on someone else instead. Um, I'm still waiting for Prometheus. Uh, they're never gonna do Ooh. it, but Ooh. let's that, let's get yeah. Prometheus, man. Uh, that would be nice. Or 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 just a one-off like Condiment King thing. <laughs> But <laughs> almost, almost definitely not going to happen. Pattinson, Killer Moth. You start off with the movie, and Pattinson is just throwing down with this dude who's shooting ketchup and mustard at him, and he just punches him. Yep. <laughs> so, Ten-eyed man. Take him to jail. You know. <laughs> Crazy quilt. Yeah. But they're not going to do that. Uh, rag. <laughs> they're not brave enough for that. Yeah. Batman <laughs> and Ragman team up against Crazy Quilt and Condiment King in the first part of the movie. <laughs> Mm. yeah for 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 the the universe that they have set up for a, in the batman there's no way they would do something right like right because they're cowards <laughs> <laughs> but uh just because i didn't really get to talk about the brave and the bold um that sounds like something that i'm going to be very interested in i'm i'm curious to see what the dcu is going to do with batman uh because it's not going to be robert pattinson it's not going to be 
what they had with Zack Snyder and his take on Batman, uh, who is angry and violent. And, I uh, kill people. Is essentially <laughs> the Dark Knight Returns version of Batman. Do, tell me, do you bleed? <laughs> you will. You will. Uh, it's like, why, Batman? Why so angry? He's just, he's so mad. Uh, so, like, uh, hopefully it'll be more of what I prefer out of Batman. Uh, and I mentioned before, I don't like Damian Wayne, or I didn't like Damian Wayne. Uh, but he's really grown on me as a character because I feel like better writers have, like, figured out what niche he falls into. And he's he works as a really good juxtaposition to, to Batman. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, I'm sure it'll be interesting to try and find a kid that's going to play Damien. Right. Uh, it's going to be just like, it's probably going to be similar to like how they did for, uh, Laura and Logan. I just find like a little girl to be like this violent killing machine. Um, do kind of the same for Damien. Yeah. Uh, and I mean like, uh, Chloe, Chloe Moretz, I can't remember the last part of her name, but in Kick-Ass, yeah. um, Hit Girl, uh, another just like, oh, she's a little kid, but she'll just kill you. Um, and, and how Batman tries his best to like uh, hold that back or train him differently mm-hmm. uh, to be a better crime fighter and not just murder people uh, like the League of Assassins have taught him to do for his entire life up to right. this point. So it should be interesting. Uh, I think both of the I think both of these different takes on Batman are going to be interesting that I I want to look forward to and and watch. I think I think they're going to both be good in different mm-hmm. ways. And, and so it's going to be really interesting. Of course, I finish that off by saying twenty twenty five is going to be a very big year for DC. Crown Saffron, Crown Saffron, Crown Saffron, Batman and Superman within the same year. And so it's yep. going to be dope and interesting. But you will can continue with the next project. Sure thing. The next project is Booster Gold, an HBO Max series based on a unique lesser-known hero, for those that are not in the know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all us real comic fans know all about Booster Gold. Uh, it was created in 1986. Saffron said that uh, of the series... Uh, it's about a loser from the future who uses who uses basic future technology to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. Gunn described it as imposter syndrome as superhero. Hmm. So I asked this question on the uh, Movie Lovers United uh, episode yesterday when I was on there. So I'm going to ask this question now. Uh, so Booster Gold has a robot named Skeets. And while mm-hmm. you and I know that Skeet is just the name of the robot, there is, of course, a definition of the term Skeet that Lil John made very famous. Not going to go into what it means if, you know, just not going to do that here. But um, I, I wonder if they're going to change his name just because if people look up the term Skeet in, like, Urban Dictionary, it's going to be a totally different response or not. Or if they're mm-hmm. going to try to keep it, keep the name in there. They they could change it to something simple like Skeeter, like Skeeter's a a well known name that's been used for many mm-hmm. years. Or they could just do it, but make it an acronym for something, 
And then, like, it's yeah. never actually mentioned as his name. It's just, like, systematic uh, Kelver, Kel- Kel- Kelvar advanced uh, echo chamber technology or something like that. Uh, Simulants. And they just do it as a, that to where the running joke is. He never actually says the name. He just says what it means the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Of course, at the same time, they could just not be cowards and just call him Skeets. <laughs> Don't be a coward. Call him by his name. Yeah. <laughs> Use his name. Uh, like, Marvel's already a coward for not using Manape, so... D- DC, this is your chance to prove that you're not cowards That's and just right. call him Skeets. That's right. That's right. That's right. And 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 with all that black and all that black and those dark colors and like Wakanda, it's kind of hard for me to imagine. You know, especially in the summertime, if uh, Mbaku walked out there with a big old jacket, white fur jacket. Mm-hmm. You know, just I don't know if that would fit. Like I love the way they did it, but they didn't do it. But yeah, I get you. Um. So, but yeah, I also think this would be the greatest opportunity since uh, rumor has it that Chris Pratt may not be coming back for uh, Star-Lord past Guardians 3. Um, and it may just be more him walking away from the Guardians by the end. Not so much that he dies, but that he just kind of walks away and that you get a different group of Guardians by the end of the third movie. And so, you know, if, if uh, Chris Pratt's got a little emptiness in his space, he can come in and play Booster Gold. Huh. You know, just so that Twitter would hate it and people would hate watch it because they'd be trying to figure out how Chris how Chris Pratt still gets work. You know, that's just me. That there's your there's your opportunity. That's my suggestion. Ah, uh, you want people to hate it? Yeah. You know, hey, look, people are you know the the way they pitch the thing. At least as I'm reading it, is, as you read it, is he's a loser from the future who uses basic future tech to come back for today and pretend to be a superhero. He's not exactly the most well loved in his own era. Well, who's another actor that's not the most well loved in their own era? Chris Pratt. It just feels like it. Yeah, fits. I don't. What 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 what's going on with Chris Pratt? I think I missed something because well, I've been seeing. There's just stuff. people upset because of his political leanings, his faith leanings, and things like that. And then, like every time he gets announced for a role, people on Twitter are just like, "Why is he still getting work?" We've tried to cancel this dude, and he just doesn't die. He just keeps coming back with more work. And, I mean, there was something years ago involving, well, Elliot Page now, but Ellen Page at the time, where Ellen Page came out talking about that he was a part of Hillsong when he really wasn't. Yes, he went to the church, and he had friends that went to that church, but he wasn't a member at that church. And Mm -hmm. uh, saying they were promoting anti-LBGTQ programs. He was just like, I don't tolerate that kind of stuff. I'm not a part of that ministry. I have friends in it. And I've been there, but I'm, that's not the ministry I'm a part of directly. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just stuff like that. It's just continued to be on. And so then people are just, every time, I mean, the Mario thing came out. Everybody was like, oh, you know, the actor that played him in the video game, of course, for forever and a day. And everybody's like, oh, he's not really, you know, he he sounds like a stereotypical Italian. Somebody else should do the voice better. And then they got Chris Pratt and they're like, they should get an Italian to do the voice. I'm like, what do you want? And then everybody revealed it was more about the fact that this homophobe is playing Mario. That's the problem. But it's just like, but what? Okay. It's quote unquote so, homophobe. Yeah. Quote unquote homophobe. Uh, not necessarily doing actions to show he's a homophobe, but people accuse him of it. And so Twitter will always hate him, apparently. 
Well, I don't know if Twitter will always hate him because he's still an absurdly popular actor. Oh, yeah. He's still getting a ton of work because he is good at what he does. Right. So, like, uh, it, it's funny the idea of people being all like, we've been trying to cancel him, which is just BS anyway. Um, like, f- find somebody that's done something that's actually bad and Man. then we figure it out later instead of trying to like find little things out from people because nobody's perfect and this is why i I don't idolize actors or people like everybody's gonna make mistakes nobody's perfect i'm surprised there isn't more people that are mad that james gunn who has said some terrible stuff on twitter Mm -hmm. in the past is now going to be leading the dcu right and like most of us don't care because he's his movies that he's been making have been well regarded and well received. I really like the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I liked The Suicide Squad. Uh, I mostly liked Peacemaker. I thought it was a little uh, crude for my taste a- mm-hmm. in places, yeah. but it was it was good for what it was. Right. So like. Uh, People are online. We've said that before on this podcast. People online are going to get mad about whatever. Um, and like, first of all, I don't know if Chris Pratt should be Booster Gold uh, because Chris Pratt isn't exactly a loser in every movie he's been in. Don't forget that he's been like Navy SEALs before and been oh, yeah. like, really no, cool. I know. So like, I don't want him to get typecasted every time. As like some loser. Well, I mean, he's not a loser in the Jurassic Park, uh, in the Jurassic Park series either. I mean, he's definitely there you somebody go. that if you if it wasn't for him, you just have a lot of bad situations get worse. <laughs> right. He has definitely been salvation for a lot of people in those series. Mm. And so, like, uh, I, I would prefer if they get like a different actor to be Booster Gold, uh, but you know. Uh, we're, we got to wait and see how these things go because we, we have no information on this stuff yet. Mm-hmm. It's just all like, oh, they've announced that Booster Gold is going to happen, but we have nothing other than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll wait and see. I, I'm going to watch it because I like Booster Gold from a conceptual standpoint. Uh, and one of the things that I really do like about Booster Gold, especially in the comics, is that, yeah, he started off as a loser that wanted to go back in time and, like, be a superhero so people would love him. And then he he eventually learns to be a good person and actually develops into being a superhero. Right. And he's one of the few people that, like, go on this journey of, like, I'm starting superheroing for, like, incredibly selfish reasons. And then develops into being a selfless person that's actually, like, worthy of being referred to as a superhero. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the Booster Gold announcement is something that I'm actually quite excited about. But at the the same time, I have to see how the other movies are going to be before I let myself get too excited about it, you know? Okay, I got you. Um, one thing I think is interesting too, and somebody brought it up when I was on the episode yesterday, and I hadn't thought about that, but uh, we are going to be getting the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle movie still after the Flashpoint. Right. They didn't film. mention that, yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's why I'm hoping because when they said this, I was like, that would make really good sense. Uh, that maybe they have you. They you find out near the end of the film, Booster has learned. Booster learned how to be a better hero by meeting Ted Cord, and maybe it's the story of him meeting Ted Cord, learning how to be a better hero, and then telling Jaime about the person that was the Blue Beetle before him. I mean, maybe. maybe. Uh, like, I'm. I'm not trying to like tell these people how these movies should go. I'm just like wanting to go over. This is what's been announced, uh, and we'll wait and see what when we get more information about okay. the, the movies as they come. Fair enough. I, again, I can dream because that's oh, you. Like, really... Not only can you dream, you will dream. <laughs> I will dream a bunch. <laughs> I'll dream. You will dream big. We, we have a sponsor. So We've been sponsored. Have you ever tested your nerd kung fu? Have you ever tested... Nerd kung fu? Nerd kung fu, yes. Your nerd kung fu. Now, I know what you're thinking. What is nerd kung fu? Because it's not like we're going to get a bunch of nerds fighting in a ring. But maybe it's about how you look. Maybe it's about being able to show off that nerd thing that you dig. You know what I mean? Do you like The Office? Do you like Star Wars? Do you like Jurassic Park? Do you like video games, anime, movies, etc.? Because if you do, you can get your nerd kung fu on. In the description on the podcast, there will be a link. You can go there and you can order up to your heart's desire on anything from shirts to socks to posters and all sorts of things. Even The Godfather. So if you're down into movies and video games and comic books and or things like that tv shows even i mean like i said the office firefly is represented they got all sorts of stuff it's all legally licensed official stuff jingle spider uh what's your nerd kung fu uh my nerd kung fu is weak but i feel like by following the link in the description i might be able to make it stronger smider what's your nerd kung fu my nerd kung fu is a southern style it uh is very fast very aggressive Mostly uses just the two first knuckles on my hand to knock people out, but that's only because the stunt people are kind enough to fall over. It's up to you how your nerd kung fu is. We appreciate you checking it out and grabbing the link and getting your stuff from nerdkungfu.com. <laughs> All right, so then the next one is Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Taking mm-hmm. its cues from the recent Tom King written miniseries, this movie promises a different take on what most think of Super- when Superman's cousin comes to mind. We will see the difference between Superman, who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant, versus Supergirl, who was raised on a rock, a chip off of Krypton, and who watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life and then come to Earth. She is much more hardcore and not the Supergirl we're used to. And I'm sorry, every time I hear read that line, I immediately think of Tara Strong saying, she's going to be hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, I, I just, I, I hope that maybe, I don't know, maybe Tara Strong is narrating it at some point and she talks about, it. she saw all her people die. Which means when she arrives on Earth, she's going to be hardcore. I would, I would love that. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's just my thing. I have not read the Tom. Ta- I haven't read a whole lot of Tom Taylor stuff, to be honest. I probably should fix that at some point. 
because Tom, Tom Taylor, Tom, Tom King, because I said Tom Taylor, Tom King, mm -hmm. because he's written a lot of prolific stuff for DC over the last few years, and so mm -hmm. I should definitely go check that out. But that said, um, I mean, a different take on Supergirl. I'm not mad at that, um, mm -hmm. especially when you consider that we've had a Supergirl TV series for a while that's uh, very much more of the she she still tries to be the good person. You know, even though she has her moments where she's dealing with frustrations and things like that, but she's still trying to deal with the good things. So it'd be interesting to see how they play it with a Supergirl that's not very, that's very jaded. Mm -hmm. and, and and so, yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, that's really all I got on it. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say. Uh, I, I've never read uh, Supergirl. I've never been big on Supergirl. Uh, I don't remember what movie it was with the animated movie uh when superman and supergirl fight dark side um is that the batman superman armageddon is that the one i don't know um but when when supergirl was showing oh she's she's actually kind of capable of doing more than even superman can do when push comes to shove um and that was always something that I thought was very interesting. And if written well, could be very interesting. I like the way that they did Supergirl in Injustice 2. Um, when she's essentially, she still sees the good in everything. Uh, and sees that Clark is being really wrong. And uh, realizes that the people that have been training her uh, do not have everyone's best interests at heart. Um, and decides, no, I, I need to be a good person. I need to help people. Um, that was a, a, an interesting take. Uh, I, I watched the first episode of the Supergirl TV show, uh, and I was like, no, this isn't for me. I'm not, I'm not really feeling it, uh, this one. But there was going to be plenty of people that were going uh, to watch it and uh, enjoy it. Um, it might be that because movie. they've they've recently done another one where Supergirl is in it. They did it under this newer auspice. I'm not sure if they did another did it redid it. I don't think they did it under the Super Suns. That was a different animation style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. I don't think that's the one. I'll look for it here in a second. See if I can find it. Um, but yeah, I think I'm. I'm I'm interested to see, but it it might end up being another something that I'm just like not, not that interested in, which is fine. Uh, that that it, it's weird that everything that Marvel has been putting out has been something like yeah I enjoyed that yeah I enjoyed that yeah I enjoyed that uh, to different levels have I enjoyed it, um, but most everything I was just like yeah I I watched it and that that was a movie that uh, felt like it was something aimed towards me even the black widow movie was something that with all it has its flaws uh but was still something like yeah as a fan of marvel i enjoyed that uh the thing with supergirl is i've never really loved the character and really gotten super into her mm -hmm. so it would be interesting to see it if it's something that i like then i'll say hey i really enjoyed that and i that was something that i i was really into or it could be something that's still good, but not really, like, to my taste. If yeah. You yeah. Well, they're doing a new animated movie called DC's Legion of Superheroes, uh, 
where Supergirl is going to be in it, but that's more of the Tomorrowverse type thing, where for the first little bit she's on Earth, and then she joins the Legion of Superheroes. So, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's tied, to, it's not going to be tied to, uh, it's not going to be tied to the, um, to the future stuff that they're doing. They're kind of wrapping up the Tomorrowverse that they did. You know, they did that one where they did the, uh, oh my gosh, what, uh, What's the one where they did the, it began, was that the just, no, it wasn't, well, they say it was the Flashpoint Paradox, but it wasn't the Flashpoint Paradox, it was the one where they faced up against uh, Trigun. At the end of it, they, they basically, Constantine tells Barry, you gotta run, you know what you gotta do. He resets the universe, and so then they did, like, the Justice Society to Batman and Long Halloween, Gray, Green Lantern, but where my power, and, uh, the Superman, Man of Tomorrow, and the Super Sons ones are all part of the Tomorrow verse that they've been doing. So, mm -hmm. but then I don't think we're going to get much more to Tomorrow verse after that. So, yeah, because we'll get whatever we're getting. Uh, <laughs> from what I'm reading here, I think it is uh, Batman, Superman, Apocalypse. I think that is the movie I was thinking about. Okay, I have to watch it again. But I'm yeah. pretty sure that is the one that I'm thinking about. I love that one because that's based off the Mike Turner run that he did where he was doing the Supergirl Armageddon run where uh, where Supergirl ends up going to Apocalypse and for a while she's been manipulated by Darkseid. So she goes like right. fully bad. She's like whooping Superman. It's like, oh, she's more powerful than Superman. I'm like, in a way she is. But also it's the fact that, you know, He's holding back too. Like he's not trying to hurt her. He he does what he has to do, but he's not trying to do her a whole lot of harm. So, mm -hmm. but anyway, so yeah, February seventh, twenty twenty three, you'll be when it's out. So for mm -hmm. digital, it's like you can rent it on digital formats, and then uh, they'll announce a DVD, Blu Ray, and stuff like that sometime later. Right. That goes that plan. Uh, but then you got the next one. Because I think I'm done talking about Supergirl. I mean, unless you got something else you want to say about Supergirl. Uh, no, not really. I pretty much said everything that I uh, wanted to say. Um, the last thing has only got like a, a small thing. It just says Swamp Thing, which is going to be a horror film that promises to uh, close out the first part of the first chapter. So it's going to be the the way to kind of uh bookend the the gods and monsters uh part of the dcu mm -hmm. and so yeah i mean it's about horror and old swamp thing i mean of course there's been a couple of swamp things and so i mean we're gonna see who we get i guess again i can't get super excited about it because i don't know a whole lot more about it uh but in 2023 we are going to be getting of course uh Shazam, Fury of the Gods coming out on March 17th. The Flash movie coming out on June 16th, which I'm glad it's June 16th, because if they decided to do it on June 15th, I don't know how to felt about it. Um, the uh, Blue Beetle on August 18th, and an Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on December 25th. So, that is the, uh, mm. that's the slate for 2023. And then I guess we'll get little mm -hmm. bits of more information in 2024, I'm assuming. So that's how that'll work. But uh, one other thing I want mm -hmm. to do real quick is kind of go through some of the stuff that James Gunn was asked about. And James Gunn and Peter Saffron were asked about as it relates to the other projects that are kind of in the air and questions concerning people as to whether they're going to be back or not. 
uh, because I know at least one person that's going to be back that I'm not super happy about. Or, or no, they're saying may possibly be back. I'm not going to say they're, they're official because they haven't said officially yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to this other one, which I just uh, sent the uh, deal to you a little bit ago if you've got it. So DC has four films scheduled for 2023. How do those fit in? I think we've gotten lucky with the next four movies, frankly, because we have Shazam, which leads into Flash, which resets everything, which then goes into Blue Beetle, which is totally disconnected. He can totally be part of the DCU, and that goes into Aquaman, which leads into Superman, our first big project. And then the question is, when does the DC canon start, and will actors come back? So... Let me scroll down just a little bit to get to the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that we can promise is that everything from our first project, Creature Commandos, forward will be canon and will be connected. We're using some actors from the past. We're not using other actors from the past. But everything from the moment forward will be connected and consistent. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you you have the article in front of you? Yep. Okay. uh, If you'll pick up the next question. Is this a multiverse? Saffron says, the DCU is a multiverse, but we're going to be focusing on one universe from that multiverse. And if something isn't DCU, we're going to make that very clear. Case of point, probably Matt Reeves is Batman, uh, the Joaquin... Jo- oh, they've the, made that clear that that the, is, the, that the, the Matt the Joaquin, Reeves Batman is... Yeah, and the Joaquin Phoenix, uh, yeah, yeah, case of point. Uh, how will it be clear from what, what's DCU and what isn't? Strictly go so strictly adult fair like Todd Phillips' Joker or kids animation like Teen Titans Go. We're gonna make it very clear that those are DC Elseworlds, just the same way that you can do in the comics. So mm-hmm. and then I think that's the primary thing. But I was looking for the quote about Flash where James Gunn talked about Flash and said that Flash is the greatest movie that he has seen when it comes to these movies setting up for the future stuff. And they asked him about Ezra Miller, and he said, what, he came back and kind of said what they had already said about, uh, well, let's see, hold on, maybe, maybe I missed that question. Um, let's see, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, okay, yeah, I needed to scroll up a bit. Okay, because I missed a couple of questions. Um, James Gunn, why did you want to do this? <laughs> I wanted to take care of these characters, and we all know it's been pretty effed. It's been a pretty effed up road for many of them for the past few years, and things have not been together. And I really thought it is a challenge, but I think that it's a possibility to create something wonderful with these characters. I can't go into politics. I can't do anything about science. So the only thing I can do for this planet is to create stories about love, and that's what I think we can do over the next ten, eight to ten years. Okay. Next so question. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Next question is So, what exactly is DC Studios? And Peter Saffron says DC Studios is a standalone studio production entity, and it's unprecedented because it's the first time ever that all film, all television, live action, animation, and gaming is all centralized under one creative vision. So, that was a big deal for Warner Brothers CEO David Sazlov. <coughs> was the idea of creating a standalone entity uh, where there will be a unified creative vision and, you know, everything centralized under James and myself. Okay. So then the next one 
is, what were your thoughts on DC movies before you came on board? James Gunn's response is, the history has been shite. <laughs> uh, it's been a real effed up journey for DC. I think that there was basically no one minding the mint. And there was no one minding the mint and that they were giving out IPs to any creatives that, you know, smiled at whoever was in charge. There was never any real power given to the people in charge. And so somebody could go always go over their head and do whatever they wanted. And, you know, we had the DCEU, which was become the Joss Whedon Justice, Justice League. But it was also became the Snyderverse, which became this. And we have Wonder Woman and we have Wonder Woman 84, which doesn't even match what happened in Wonder Woman 1. And then we have the Arrowverse and even us coming with the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. And then all of a sudden, Batmite is a real guy. <laughs> you know, which, yeah, that, that definitely is a thing. Um, I was trying to find, I didn't know if I could find the quote, but where they asked him about Flash and him basically saying that it was the greatest movie that he's ever seen. And Yeah, it's in the, uh, it's in the previous uh, article. Oh, okay, so let's go back to that one. Yep. Because, yeah, and um, did I miss the one? Yeah, uh, it, 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 it's not it's not clearly stated, but uh, it says okay. that uh, here that uh, uh, talking about the Flash movie because uh, they talked about that the next one's coming up is Shazam: Fury of the Gods, the Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman, and Gunn and Saffron are high on the quartet made under the previous film uh, regime and the Aegis of DC Films, run by former head Walter Hamada. Gunn calls The Flash, directed by Andy Muschietti, uh, probably one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Well, you better hope that backs it up in the sales. That's all I got to say. That's a big praise. I mean, I'm going to watch <laughs> it, but you know, I'm not super excited for it. Uh, he also said the four leads of the films could potentially return for to their roles in DCU projects down the line. There's nothing that prohibits that from happening, said Gunn. <laughs> Among those actors is Ezra Miller, the troubled star of The Flash, who has found themselves at the center of several criminal investigations. They pleaded guilty to trespassing earlier this month and who in August announced they were seeking treatment for, quote, complex mental health issues. And Saffron said the executives remained hopeful Miller is on the path to betterment. Quote, Ezra is completely committed to their recovery. We are fully supportive of that journey they are on right now. When the time is right, when they are ready to have that discussion, we will all figure out what's the best path forward. But right now they are completely focused on their recovery. And in our conversation with them in the last couple of months, it feels like they are making enormous progress. And that's what they had to say about the flash yeah. and Ezra. Yeah. 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 All right. So I'm going to say my piece on this real quick. And it's real simple. Um, well, actually, before that, let me do, let me go into this. I'm going to go a couple of paragraphs down from there. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't want the series to feel like any way like stepchildren or lesser than, said Gunn. It's, not another, it's just another way to tell a story. They like being able to spend eight hours digging deep into certain characters. 
And then they took on a touchy subject of Henry Cavill, tipped to return as Superman in the cameo of last year's Black Adam, but who, in the end, will not return as Superman, much to the chagrin of the vocal fan base. We didn't fire Henry. Henry was never cast, said Gunn. For me, it's about who do I want to cast as Superman, and who do filmmakers have... Who do the filmmakers we have want to cast? And for me, this is for this story, it isn't Henry. He adds, I love, I like Henry. I think he's a great guy. I think he's getting around by a lot of people, including the former regime at this company. But this Superman is not Henry for a number of reasons. Um, so, yeah, and then, of course, they talked about the recent controversy with Zachary Levi, uh, quoting a quote treating a thing about Pfizer uh, against uh, the pharmaceutical giant Pfizer known for the COVID known for its COVID-19 vaccine which many interpreted as the act of having anti-vaccine views. Actors, filmmakers that I work with are going to say things that I agree with and things that I don't agree with said Gunn who in 2018 was temporarily fired by Disney as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 due to old offensive tweets. I can't be changing my plans all the time because an actor says something I don't agree with. At the same token, if somebody is doing something that is morally reprehensible, it's a different story, and we have to take that into account. Though Gunn and Saffron are working on one DC universe, some stories will stand apart. Bat Reeves' Batman movies and Todd Phillips' sequel to The Joker will fall under the banner of DC Elseworlds which will be just as the comics fall outside of larger continuity DC comics. The Black Superman project being written by Tanahishi Coates under the previous regime resumes an active development and would fall under that category. Teen Titans Go, the popular long-running cartoon uh, series on Cartoon Network, also falls under that banner, the duo says. Um, I don't really feel like there's much else to add to this from this article, uh, but now I'm going to say my piece about this. So, let me get this straight. If something you do is morally reprehensible, we have to do something. Yet, it was proven that um, our boy from the Flash movie, Ezra Miller, they went and were involved in grooming activities for people that were under the age of 18 at the time they started. They, there is video evidence that they have punched at least two different women in clubs. Uh, they went through all these crazy things. And yes, the final thing that they did, what pled guilty of, was breaking into a house and stealing somebody, stealing a married couple stuff, which isn't the first time this had happened, by the way, because it happened at least two other times during this tirade. He only got, he only pled guilty to one of the charges because the other two ones didn't press charges. And I'm like, okay, and the reason I'm so strong against this is for this reason. Ray Fisher, under the other regime, came out and had his issues with um, Joss Whedon. Other people in the community worked with, with him, came out and backed him up. Uh, Gal Gadot came out and said he was right. He remembers, she remembered those moments. Jason Momoa came out and said, I stand with I stand with Ray. Uh, I think Ben Affleck may have came out and said it too. I don't remember if Henry Cavill got involved. I don't think Henry Cavill got involved. Uh, but other people that were involved, even then the cast of Buffy came out and was like, he was like that with us too. 
And I'm like, all these people came out and basically said, he treated us like crap, he treated us like dirty, he did all these crazy things. Nobody has gone out to try to recoup that loss that the former regime did against Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher, as far as I know, has still been blacklisted by Warner because of what he said about a man who disrespected and mistreated him and intentionally cut scenes around him. Okay? But then Ezra does all this stuff, and because now they've gone in to get counseling, they're fine. That bothers me. Because I'm I wouldn't like, say they're fine. What, well, what, the, I, what the article straight up says okay. is that they're, it, they're not off the table yet. But that also doesn't mean that they're guaranteed to return either. Right, so they're potentially fine. Let me rephrase it. They're potentially fine if they decide to continue to go with him once this is all said and done. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the bigger question is going to be, is Flash going to make them enough money to keep him? Yeah. Really, when it comes down to it. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just, that's just my thought process. Is it mm-hmm. going to make enough money for them to keep him all there? Because if, if, if they won't, if it doesn't make enough, if it does what Black Adam did, I mean, that was why they could easily go to Dwayne Johnson and basically say, look, we may come back to you in the future, but right now we're not planning on having you as Black Adam if we do Black Adam again. Mm-hmm. For right now. Just because they were able to cite that the movie just didn't make the money it was supposed to. For the amount mm-hmm. of money they put into it, it didn't bring back, it, it wasn't a good return on investment. You know, and so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that rocks with the rest of it because that's going to be the biggest test for Flash is how well is the movie going to do? Is it going to be enough to get people to go out to the theaters to watch it in droves? Especially, again, I'm pretty sure the Flash movie's got a lot of CG, too. I'm pretty sure they've spent a lot of money on the Flash. And, I mean, come on, Warner hasn't done a Super Bowl commercial in forever, and this is the first time in, I think, 10 years that they've done a Super Bowl commercial, and it's going to be for Flash. So that return on investment is going to be, that's going to be a put a lot of pressure on that movie to do well. You know, so, I mean, we'll see. I just don't like the fact that they, they've not addressed Ray Fisher since, and I don't know that they ever will. That, that's just a problem for me. But I feel like they could have, they could have, they could have, at least, even if you just say, look, we just need to establish that the former regime did, because they, because they're able to say, hey, the former regime messed over Terry Cavill, he got jerked around, but nobody, nobody wants to mention Ray Fisher, it's like he's off limits to be mentioned, mm-hmm. and I'm going, he wasn't necessarily in the wrong for what he said, but he's getting punished for standing up to a system that's not good. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody's asking him about Ray Fisher either. This is true. And I'm, I'm not I'm 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 not hearing like an um, an outrage to support Ray either. Yeah, that's true. Like because people really love Henry. Like a lot of vocal group of people really love Henry. I like Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I honestly didn't think about Ray Fisher until you brought him up right now. Fair so, enough. <laughs> it's like, oh, what is the general public saying? Uh, like how many how many Ray Fisher stands are there that are that are that wanting something? <laughs> I I think you're right. <laughs> There's not as many as there probably should be. But I just wanted to to point out just two different things here. Yep. Um, one, James Gunn is saying like this is their plans, and 
if he finds somebody morally reprehensible, then he will be like, I don't want to work with them, right? Um, but these can also be plans that some of the higher ups want. And yeah, I, I that's think, true. I think that there's also like a decent case to be said that it's very likely that at the moment they're waiting to see how the Flash movie performs or let it get it out first before officially being like, yeah, we're not going to have Ezra anymore or like it really saying anything about it. Um, and even them saying like, well, race, uh, uh, not right. Uh, uh, Ezra said that they're very, very sorry. And they're going to, to take counseling and go into recovery and focus on, on being a better person. Uh, which, you know, could could mean anything but of course i i'm also of the mindset that um i believe people deserve second chances mm-hmm. um i mean you and i both have plenty of experience uh even from just ourselves and people around us that have made mistakes in the past and yep. you know deserve better um my my whole thing is I'd I'd rather not have Ezra around anymore. I'd rather not see Ezra or think about Ezra anymore. Um, and if Ezra continues to to be a part of this whole thing, I would uh, I'm I'm less likely to support a project that they're in. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm waiting to see like and I'm gonna watch the Flash movie. I'm probably not going to love it. Um, but there's other people in that movie that I want to support. So, Yeah, well, apparently this will be possibly uh, Affleck's last version of, uh, last version of um, Batman at, on screen as well as uh, Michael Keaton's because we don't know what they're going to do if they're going to do another movie where Michael Keaton's going to be involved. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that said, you know, we are supposed to be also getting Supergirl and we're also supposed to be getting some sort of Batgirl. We don't know if it's going to be the Batgirl in the movie that was there mm-hmm. or uh, or what. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yep. So, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say it's going to be interesting how it all goes. Of course, like I said, and I think I've heard you say it multiple times the, and I've probably said it a few times after you've said it to me. The hardest part about getting announcements like this that are so early on in the whole process, when you're talking about 2023 is where we're at now. We're talking about at the earliest 2025 before we start seeing a lot of this stuff. Maybe late 2024 for the um, for the Creature Commandos. Mm-hmm. But then everything else is going to be 2025 at best. So then we're looking at this and going, okay, so can I really get excited about this considering that you know, I don't know what we're going to be doing to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be a question. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I want to I want to love it. I want to love all of it. Uh, but I mean, there's not even a guarantee that I'm going to love all the stuff we're going to get for Marvel this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're going to see. <laughs> we we going we going to see a bunch. And. Uh, it should be interesting to see how it rocks. So anyway, that is it for me. Uh, Super Bowl comes up next weekend. 
Uh, why am I mentioning the Super Bowl? We're not a sports podcast uh, because there's going to be a bunch of pop culture commercials. <laughs> yep. Uh, at least possibly three or four movie commercials. I, know, I do believe the list was released uh, from Screen Rant. And if I can find that list, I will shoot it to you right now real quick. Um, but I know one of the commercials, just what we get is the trailer for uh, Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. And then we're supposed to also get another Ant-Man and Manium trailer. So that's going to be interesting. Um, How many more trailers do we need? Just give us the movie. Look, until I see Jonathan Majors in a ring with Ant-Man boxing, it's going to be a 2 out of 10 movie for me regardless. Because, that's because Jonathan Majors has only ever done one other project. It needs to, it needs to buy. Dude, have you seen him in the trailers to Creed, though? Like, no, nope. man is ripped. I still haven't watched any of the Creed movies. <laughs> okay, well, it's a new Creed movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be. The rumor for a while was he was supposed to be the son of Clever Lane. And then, like, they did the trailer, and it's like, that's not even any way, um, that's not any way involved. With it, it's just he's just a former friend of Creed's that he took the he took the bite the bullet for not, not the literal bullet but he took the bullet and went to jail for so long. Where Wasn't he that Michael been, B's character? Well, Michael B's character was supposed to go to jail and didn't because his friend took the rap for him. Well, Jonathan Majors is now coming back as that friend that was in jail. Basically, I gotta watch these movies. And so he's basically at the whole point of. Uh, it's the whole thing of the, um, it's the whole thing of the friend coming back. I want the life that Michael B. Jordan has because he feels like that's the life he should have had. Mm-hmm. So. Oh man, I, I've seen that on uh, one of the WW or no the the NBA Two K games, uh, the one that was uh, directed by Spike Lee. Oh yeah. Wow, that's that's crazy. Oh yeah, we are getting uh, okay. So we're getting Fast X trailer gross i know how excited you are for for fast ted and 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 that uh let's see is this the list excuse me while i excuse me while i hold back my excitement okay okay i know i know i know i know i know you're excited man but but you can't just you you gotta you gotta hold it back man you gotta i appreciate you holding and restraining yourself there (laughs) Uh, let's see. Fast X, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania, uh, DC's Flash, Super Mario Brothers, uh, Little Mermaid, Scream 6. Uh, we get a sixth Scream movie? Why? Yep. Uh, I mean, the, Justice... the fifth one came out and it was uh, apparently relatively successful. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Nice. Um which, I mean, Hasbro already sold the movie coming and produced that movie to try to make money back off of it because, yeah, they're, they're, their stocks are like 99 cents a share now. Uh, Don't know what caused uh, that. Yes, it's, it's, I, I, I've got, we've talked about that. It's conundrum. <laughs> it now. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast and Pixar's Elemental. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch Rise of the Beast. I was oh, like, oh, another oh Transformers gosh. movie. And then I saw that other trailer. And I was all Ooh. like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. When Optimus Primal shows up, voiced by the incomparable Ron Perlman, and then Optimus Prime is like, stand down. And he's all like, I'm not the threat, Optimus. And he's like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. 
<laughs> and then you see the trailer, and like you see Cheetora running right next to Bumblebee. I'm just like, oh, this is gonna be my jam right here. It's just Cheetor, not Cheetora. Oh, Cheetor. Okay, sorry about that. I gotta go back and freshen up my um my Beast, Your Beast Wars, Wars lore. lore. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The the trailers will also include a 15 second spot for Elizabeth Banks' Cocaine Bear. And possibly Ugh. feature Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny and the Marvels. Ooh. Uh, the deadline also specific, it also expects potential appearances by Creed 3 and John Wick Chapter 4. Uh. So I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I'm telling you right now, dude, Cocaine Bear is going to be book movie of the year, as far as I'm concerned. It's the dumbest sure. concept based on a real life thing that happened in the state of Kentucky. Yep. But I want to see it. Uh, it's so something bad. something for you, a Kentucky boy, to be really proud of. That's right. That's right, <laughs> man. Not that I was born and raised in Kentucky. I just right. live there currently, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, it, I think I think it's really cool that Elemental is getting another trailer coming out. Of course, that movie doesn't mm. come out until June. That's going to be a summer movie for Pixar. Yeah, I got to remember um, to watch that. It looks cute. And, I mean, that looks really good. I mean, it, it, I love the idea that, that, like, literally there's elements represented in everybody, basically. And, you know, you've got the girl and the fire and the water relationship type thing. Very much opposites. So that's going to be interesting. I need to know how many different ways Vin Diesel is going to say family. Or no. he needs family in the next movie. Is. I wonder if he's going get, to get that phrase out ten times. No. I think that's what the point is. It's like... Each movie sequel, he has to say something about family that many times. No. <laughs> I don't even think he mentions family that much in some motor the uh, the previous films. Yep, it's a joke in my head that will live there forever. I don't care. <laughs> Vin Diesel can't do anything else anymore. He plays right. Groot and he, and he says family, but it's I am Groot. Yep. It's all that. All that. That's it. And of course, Little Mermaid comes out in May. We probably should next week. We probably should talk about the movie dates and stuff like that. Some of these movies that are coming out next year, like this year, that that'd be a fun episode. Sure. And uh, talk about that. We could we could definitely do that because, like I said, we got to talk about these movies before these trailers drop, so we can find out which trailer really amazed us, mm-hmm. um, and everything. So that might be might might be an episode come up thing. Sure. But anyway, uh, it has been a pleasure as always, sir, getting a chance to talk with you and geek out with you about the geeky things that we love. And uh, in this case, it'd be the James Gunn announcement thing. Yeah. So um, be looking, of course, by the time you get this episode, you hopefully had a chance to go back and listen to the uh, two interviews I got to do this week. One with Ben Humanek and Brody Can't Be Broken. And then the other one is with the incomparable Terry Moore, uh, who is doing a Kickstarter called Terry Moore After Dark, uh, involving characters from the different comics he's done, whether it be Strangers in Paradise, whether it be, um, uh, whether it be Rachel Rising, and other books like that. And so you get a chance to hear those interviews and get involved in those projects and things. And um, you know, as always, go to your local comic book store, pick up some stuff. If you're not sure, ask the people behind the counter what stuff's really going well, and make take a chance, buy something you wouldn't normally buy. See what happens. You never know; you might find the coolest thing ever. Maybe behind the shelves of your local comic book store. 
So, or you may find that thing you needed to complete your collection you already had working on. So, that's my advice to everybody. So, thank you for, as always, everybody. Uh, Jingles, last words? Um, before I do my last words, I, I sure. just wanted to just, just finish off talking about the DC stuff. Um, okay. I, I just wanted to, to say right now and see if it changes later because I like seeing how I, when I say something and then go back and talk about it again later after like stuff has happened. Um, I don't have a whole lot of hope for the DCU yet, but that's cause it's only just been announced. It's only getting worked on right now. And, um, I'm just, uh, you can't just sell uh, a movie to me just because of the name anymore. Like I need to see the projects and, and see how much I'm going to like them. See if I, mm -hmm. if I enjoy it or not. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's my feelings on the whole thing is like, I'm going to wait and see. I'm not going to try and get hyped over anything until there's actually something in front of me for me to actually like make an actual mm -hmm. judgment on. Because, like, okay. I hear Booster Gold, and I'm all like, that sounds cool. I hope you do it good, though. Yeah. So. That's fair. I, that's, I just wanted to make sure that I got that out. And then if trailers start coming out and they look really cool, um, I'll be sure to remember that I said this here. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, we'll also remember that you said it. <laughs> yep. So that's fine. Um, so, uh my my final word is going to be uh, resplendent. All right, resplendent is the final word. Uh, my final phrase, I don't know if I'm going to say it's a word, but my final phrase is, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this all wraps up. Uh, and what I mean by that is, of course, you know, this year is going to be a somewhat, I mean, I'm not going to say somewhat light, DC year because it's not. I mean, we got several movies coming out. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what what happens. I mean, we're gonna see what happens with Zachary Levi. How does Shazam do? How does Blue Beetle do? Again, a character that while some of us know who he is, a lot of people probably aren't aware of the character. So, I mean, it'll be cool to see. I mean, of course, the kid from Cobra Kai is gonna be playing the main character. Uh, I can't think of his name in Cobra Kai. I know it's a kid that was Miguel. He played Miguel in Cobra Kai. And so that's going to be interesting to see how um, that works. I hope it works well for him as far as an actor. I hope he's able to spit out and do a lot of really dope stuff out of it. Uh, we shall see how that rocks. And then, uh, of course, you know, The Flash movie being another major movie coming out for that. And this is this is this will be the moment. You know, we're going to see how that rocks out with him as well and see how that goes. So, and then the final movie, of course, will be the second Aquaman movie, which... I think it's funny because I think somewhere in there he was asked about if if uh, Jason Momoa is going to be Lobo. And he was like, well, he's definitely interested in playing Lobo. Uh, we have not officially said that's who he's going to play yet. Uh, he's not going to be playing two characters, but we'll see what happens after this movie. And so, you know, again, it'll be one of those wait and see type things. So, would you rather Jason Momoa... And I know I asked ask words, but now that I think about this, I'll ask this yeah, question. Yeah, this is uh, a few phrases. This is this is uh, this is this is this is me extending the last word. Yeah, I guess uh, I, I guess we weren't done talking. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, because it didn't hit me till then. Would you rather have him stay as Aquaman, or would you rather him come back as Lobo? I honestly don't care where he goes, if he stays, if he goes, if they change him, if they don't. Um, I like Jason Momoa. I think he's fine. Uh, I don't love Jason Momoa, but I don't know. Maybe they'll make me love Jason Momoa. Uh, I'm going to have to wait and see. Okay. Fair enough. I just thought I would ask that question. So, uh, Resplendent was Jingle's last word. We're going to leave it at that. And I'm going to say my final word is thank you, as always, uh, for listening to this podcast. I greatly appreciate you sharing it to the world. I greatly appreciate you going out there and listening, talking about it, and all that stuff. And above all else, do me a favor. Be blessed to be a blessing to somebody, guys. Take care.